Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The most pivotal moment for me, I think, is when Christine sings that line, Pitiful creature of darkness, what kind of life have you known? God, give me courage to show you you are not alone. And then kisses him. I think it it just kills me every time because I think we've all been in love with people, you know, and then not returned it. And then we, you know, judge ourselves on what we look like and maybe we're not right and, you know, self-esteem and everything like that. And that moment for me represents, you know, something beautiful where she's like, you aren't alone in this world and kisses him to show that there is love. Like, it's just so beautiful. You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. On today's episode, we're travelling out to Sydney Harbour to discuss the world premiere of Hand Opera's outdoor production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera with special guest Paul Taboni. Paul is an Australian opera and musical theatre performer who has recently concluded a four-year contract at Her Majesty's Theatre in London's glimmering West End in the role of Ubaldo Piangi in Phantom. Paul has a wealth of experience behind him performing across the globe and now returns to reprise his role in Phantom for the Hand Opera and Opera Australia productions this year. Paul tells us about how a small town Queensland boy became a sought after opera singer and why this outdoor production is like no other production of Phantom we've seen. As usual, you can find all of our content by following us on Instagram or Facebook or by searching the hashtag TT Podcast. So get ready to open your thoughts to the latest episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Welcome everyone to today's episode. We have a very special guest joining us today. I'll give you a bit of a background before I introduce him. So, he was born in far north Queensland in Australia. He was a high demand tenor after graduating the CQ University in 2009 with a Bachelor of Music Theatre. He was, at a young age, selected for the Luciano Pavarotti Foundation, which really helped to launch his career. And then after he landed his first professional role in Love Never Dies, he went on to study opera in Italy in Puccini's Tarando or Turandot in Florence. He's released a debut album called This Is Me, which placed at number one on the classical crossover charts in Australia, the UK and the US. He's performed six thousand top C's in the role of Ubaldo Piangi in The Phantom of the Opera and has undertaken the role in both Paris and the West End and he's currently performing in Hand Opera's spectacular outdoor production 
and would continue the role at the Sydney Opera House later this year. He's dubbed Australia's own Bocelli and also the tenor from Oz. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Paul Taboni. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. You're most welcome. It's so exciting to talk to you and about this this outdoor production of Phantom, which uh, I did manage to see the media preview and I was just, I was gobsmacked by it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It is just a spectacle, isn't it? I mean, and I don't think, you know, it does not help where we are battling elements of the weather that make it just that even more intri- bit intriguing, I think, every night because it's something different every night. Every night, every single night. So like when I when I went to see, it was the first kind of outdoor production I'd seen from Hand to Opera. And when I was walking through to Macquarie's Point, I was walking through the trails. I was like, okay, this is amazing. See the Phantom's Mask here. And then you walk out and you see the, the set and you just have this amazing grand staircase overlooking the harbour. And I was like, oh, my God, that is insane. And then I had my umbrella. I had my raincoat. I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for everything. You're ready. <laughs> you are ready, mate. you lucky you had everything. Because when you came that night, it was raining too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just kind of like on and off sprinkling uh, a bit, which was, it was fine. Uh, but nothing compared to what you guys have been battling recently. No. Like I was saying earlier, the video of Georgina, who's playing Christine, them just performing in the torrential downpour that happened that night could you tell us a little bit about that night actually Dev? like a bit of insight well look i'll um i'll email after this conversation i'll email you the actual video um but that that is only a very the front part of the performance just prior to that i was doing my last scene where before the phantom kills me and um i had just died and I was standing just behind the closed doors of that truck that you can see in the video. And I sent you this video now where you can see like I am holding my cape over my head and I'm just thinking, what is my life? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just like torrential, you know, torrential rain. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was hiding in like this little igloo of my cape, you know, just trying to protect myself because, yeah, we were just there in the middle of it all. Like, I've just never had such a surreal experience and to perform like that. And you guys just powered through as well. Oh, mate. I mean, we tried our best. Um, you know, they did pause the performance and in the end cancelled it because it was torrential. Like, I'm from far north Queensland and I honestly cannot say I don't remember the last time I've seen rain like that. <laughs> You know, it was insane. It was so heavy. Oh, it was insane. And then two days later, we had, like, gale force winds. Like, it's just, oh <laughs> it just doesn't stop, you know. But, you know, it adds to the excitement for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I guess, like, that's the that's the risk you take doing an outdoor production, especially oh. to this magnitude with the Phantom. Um, I, when, I, when I saw it, there was this beautiful image, actually, because, like, sometimes when you're just, you're just overwhelmed with everything, you look over and you see the Opera House and you see the, the Harbour Bridge, and there was this one glorious image I think will stick in my mind of um, you saw uh, as uh, Raul and Christine were doing their number down on the stage, you just saw the Phantom outlined at the top of the staircase, just his shadow, just against, uh, like, the, the, sky, the skyline of Sydney, and I was like, that's amazing. That's epic. I mean, that's something we never would see behind the stage. So hearing that kind of stuff is, that's awesome. Like that would add such an epic, like, you know, subtext to that whole drama on stage as well, seeing this shadow moving around. Like that's amazing. Oh, it was so good. It was one of those, like, I was like looking at it. I was like, okay, lock that in my memory. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, <there> so <laughs> good. Oh, I love that. So let's, let's talk about you then. So you've had a fascinating career. 
uh, like you said, coming from far north Queensland and then ending up on the West End, Paris, performing in Verona's stadium in Italy and then coming back to Australia to do Phantom of the Opera, not once but twice. You're also in the, the indoor production that's later right. on this year. Yep, that's right. So where did it all start? How did, how did this happen? Look, you know, it's I, I love telling this story just because it's one of those life full circle moments for me. And, um, you know, I came from a very small town in far north Queensland called Ingham, um, a very sport-dominated town. I mean, we grew up on a sugarcane pumpkin farm, you know, grow sugarcane, watermelon and pumpkins on rotation. And, um, you know, it was to be an opera singer or to dream of that was really you know, it was really left field. You know, if you talk to my mum and dad, they'll say the same thing. They never understood why me at three years old when I saw Pavarotti on TV would just be like, wow, you know, I love that. And, um, yeah. you know, the at that time it was the three tenors concerts that they were doing all over the world, you know, and I would listen to it and my mum and dad were there and I would just at three years old just be infatuated. And, yeah, I'm Italian, um, you know, but I can honestly safely say it's not, something that you know we didn't just pop on opera and listen to opera yeah. on our you know it, i still grew up in far north queensland you know it was yeah i um, highly doubt you hear pavarotti like screaming no, out the not, not at all you know pub music i mean that was that was the the culture um but the more that i i grew up the more that i was intrigued i suppose by performing um, and I took up piano when I was seven. Um, you know, that was wow. something I really wanted to do. And, you know, I thought to, I said to mum, I want to play piano. She's like, okay, look, we couldn't really afford it. You know, as growing up, we're sugarcane farmers after all. And um, so we did it. And I, I kept going with that until I was about 16. And at 16, um, a, an adjudicator um, who was, in fact, the daughter of my piano teacher came up to North Queensland, um, Sandra Milliken. And uh, she was adjudicating the Ingham Estead Fit at that time, which wasn't, even now, it's not a big Estead Fit. It's very small, with a small town, you know. And, she's, yeah. and she said to me, she's like, Paul, you need to sing. Because I, I put myself into a singing category at 16, and I was like, let's just see what okay. happens. And she's like, you need to forget about piano because you're not that good. <laughs> and I said, well, at least she was honest. All right, she was honest. She's like, Paul, but you've got a great voice. You need to pursue that. And I thought to myself, I thought, that's so random. Like, I never thought I could sing, you know. And the only reason I found out I could sing was because my piano teacher asked me to sing Amazing Grace one day because she had a cancellation of someone to sing at a funeral. And, I mean, I can tell you, as a 15-year-old boy in Ingham, you know, who was, you know, run on for the under-15 footy team, um, it was not something that I particularly wanted to do, you know, as you can imagine in a small town, you know. Piano was enough for me. It was private, you know, did the singing. Anyway, I was home practicing Amazing Grace. And in the bathroom, as you do, my mum walked in the bathroom and she was like, Paul, you've got a good voice. I was like, Mum, get out of the bathroom right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, So embarrassing. Uh, so embarrassing. And then I walk out and she's like, you have to sing for your father. And I was like, I'm so not doing that. Like, it was just so embarrassing. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, as you are when you're a teen, you know, like, Mum and Dad, shut up, mm. you know. But, yeah, and then from then on, from 16, I thought, okay, well, maybe this is something that I should do. And, um, you know, I 
when I was the next year, I did grade seven Trinity College examinations in classical voice. Um, and then when I was at the end of that year, got into university with a Bachelor of Musical Theatre based on voice. You know, it was so, wow. you think two, year, two years, mate. You know, obviously I studied musical theatre. Now, the reason I went in there and didn't do classical voice at the Brisbane Con was because my mum wouldn't let me. You know, she was like, right. you need to be closer to home. That was so, She was scared, you know, that, to go to Brisbane. So I did, but no, absolutely no regrets because it was a great course. Um, I think the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, learning time is something that you don't get at other conservatoriums for as long as we did. And um, But then after that, I went and did Love Never Dies, which was a great experience for me because ever since seeing Phantom, the movie, at this local cinema when I was 11, was always like a... Oh, an intriguing thing for me it was like, wow, that is amazing. Yeah. And I only ever did one musical at high school. Like getting into that musical theatre degree, I could have either done classical voice or musical theatre, but on a whim, I chose musical theatre just because it was intriguing. You know, not that right. I had experience okay. in it. It was just intriguing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like an amazing thing. And obviously after Love Never Dies, you know, um, I was, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I was in a very closed-minded space about my past ability because I was essentially 165 kilograms at that time in my life. Right. And um, yeah. I was like stuck in this mindset that, you know, oh, well, if Pavarotti can be a singer, then I can too. And um, so I was like, well, I'm not going to do musical theatre anymore. I'm going to go and do opera because I, I don't have to change to be involved. Yeah. In. Oh, you get me? That's interesting. Yeah, mm. that's really interesting actually because you are – well, I mean, like, if you're thinking stereotypically when you think of classical singers, that is the, the thought you have. Yes, but times have so changed. Very much so. Very much so. And um, it only took me a very short amount of time going to Europe to realise that I had made a, a wrong assumption, you know, and it was, you know, right. very, it was ignorant. But, um, you know, and obviously I, I, from then I've lost, you know, 45 kilos to, to get back to a size. That's, oh, that's thanks, heaps. thanks, mate. Yeah, but, you know, it's a, it's interesting. You know, it's it's the journey that we all have to take, I think, and only when you're ready mm. to do it, you can do it, you know? Yeah. And within two weeks of going to Italy, I was already um, – I got taken in by the Luciano Pavarotti Foundation, you know? And I think all those times when I was little listening to that on TV and getting my little – you know, we had those – um see a tape players that you used to record we used to record rage oh, you know yeah. that you know we'd put it in the front of the tv and record rage in the morning on yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you know we had one of them and i'd do that with like Pavarotti, like recording him and i think to all those times i was doing that to have that moment of going and singing for Pavarotti's wife and then she oh, telling me what a moment you know it was just yeah and i wasn't an opera singer then you know i was just wow. still very musical theater just getting into opera and she was, yeah. like, and she was like, "Can you sing Maria from West Side Story?" Because you know Bernstein is essentially this. I think the the, the part between opera and musical that bridges these worlds, you know. Right, gotcha. Yeah. So I sang it very obviously, very operatically. I was, you know, I had this natural operatic gift, and she was like, um, "Oh, it's you've got a great voice. I'll be in touch." And I was like, "Okay." Wow, that must have been. Were you like you must have been bricking it like in that moment? Mate, oh, can you imagine? Like, you know, I was, you know, I was shitting myself yeah. because this was in his theatre. Yeah. It was in Modena, in his hometown, with his wife there. Um, you know, who was the representative of the estate of Pavarotti now because he's left a lot of money as a foundation to help young artists. Okay. So me there as the only 
foreign person and she calls me two days after and she's like would you like to sing at the arena in Verona and I was like eh (laughs) wow she's like would you like to sing at the arena in Verona I said of course I would like to sing at the arena in Verona I was I was shitting that place for those who don't kind of recognize it the uh, how do I the arena is like it's basically the Coliseum of Verona, and yeah, exactly. it's been transformed. Because I, when I, I used to do tours there as a tour guide, and uh, it's been transformed into well, basically an operatic stadium for opera and classical music and performances as well. It's uh, that's right, like, that's massive right, and beautiful. It's absolutely massive, gorgeous. massive. Yeah, it's gorgeous, and you know, it's a huge tradition in Italy. You know, to sing there, and of course, that was a huge stepping stone for me that night. We sang to 20,000 people, and it was broadcast to 20 million. Oh, my God. 20 million people. So it was a huge, huge step for me, Mm. you know. And, um, yeah, I only sang O Sole Mio. We were supposed to sing it with Carreras, but he got sick, so we had to sing it ourselves. And it was just the most epic evening, you know, and it was in honour of Pavarotti. That's why we were invited. Right. And from there, I mean, you know, we went to Broadway. We... We did concerts in Broadway um, of the, it was called the Luciano Pavarotti Heritage Concert where, you know, it was like to promote uh, the foundation to, to in honour of his memory. Um, we did a tour in Italy of all local theatres in Bologna, Spoleto and stuff like that. It was amazing, wow. you know, and it was a complete full circle moment yeah, for me. Yeah, you know, that, I was just thinking that. I was like to go from, you yeah, know, and it's, it's it, the journey is, it was like it was meant to be. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you just got step yeah, by step Yeah, I, I think that, you know, and I, you know, this is one big thing too, mate, that I think all the time is, you know, a lot of young artists, they ask me like, how and, you know, how do you do it and stuff? And, you know, I think of my journey and not that I particularly tried hard to always succeed. I didn't. Of course, there's a lot of failures on the way. But when that kind of thing happens in your life, you cannot organize it. No, it's you know just what I'm saying? kismet, it's, really. It's kismet, you know. And I think to myself, that was that was me on my path, yeah. you know, knowing that was me in the right moment of the right time of my life, you know. And things like that continue to happen, yeah. you know, even for me now. And, and I trust in that feeling of knowing when that thing happens, yeah. you know. So, you know, that's, that is essentially my story, you know. And I come from, like I said before, the smallest town in North Queensland, you know, very small town. I mean, when I was younger, we only had one KFC. Yeah. 
there was nothing there. Yeah, mate. there was nothing. Nothing. And then you got nothing. the tenor from Oz, which has come from there. It's incredible. And sometimes, you know? I think you, if you look in like our history of performers, the smallest towns sometimes create the biggest stars. I mean, look at Peter Allen, you know, sort of like the same, oh, similar exactly. sort of thing. Small town boy wanted to dream of bigger, and he did. <laughs> Hey Theatre Thoughts listeners, it's your resident Sydney theatre nerd here, Charlotte. Another instalment of our Cheap Thrills feature is here, and boy have I got some recommendations for you. If you're after something serious and emotional, Heroes of the Fourth Turning is playing at the Seymour Centre until 29th of April. You can grab $35 tickets if you're under 35. If you're after a laugh, the Sydney Comedy Festival is coming right up with acts like Gabby Bolt, The Bear Pack and Robin Reynolds that I cannot wait for. This week, I'm reviewing Belvoir's The Rep Season, which is guaranteed to be a unique experience. It's two different plays on alternate nights with the same set and the same cast. And you can snag tickets from $35. Check out our website for the full list of my recs for great theatre for around $40. And keep your eye out for Maze as well. More comedy coming then, and a musical that maybe shouldn't be a musical from the Hayes Theatre Company. See you next time. So the Phantom then. So you've performed over 1,600 performances you've done? That's right. Yep, I've, I've performed the role. I've performed like over 1,600 times now. Oh, well over, I think. I was in London for four and a half years um, prior to COVID. It was great. Like, you know, I'm. it was just, again, another full circle thing, me and watching that movie when I was 11 with my nana and saying, oh, I'm going to do that one day. Yeah. And she was like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> come on. And um, and doing that on the West End, like mate, the the tradition, the thirty five years or thirty six years now of of tradition of that production, mm. which sadly is closed. It's not the original one anymore. But you know, it was insane. The first year I joined was the thirtieth year anniversary concert. Got to sing, got to meet uh, Michael Crawford, sing with um, you know Michael Ball, wow. and um, meet Andrew. Obviously, Andrew came and Andrew Lord Webber came and coached us and. Yeah, just insane. You know, I'm so grateful for that journey of my life. It was wonderful and I'm still doing it even now. Exactly. I always, um, I have this image of, of Andrew, Sir Andrew, of being just a really humble person. Every time you see him, and he's on Instagram now, which I love, and he just always seems like a very humble character. What's he like? Look, he's lovely. You know, he's lovely. He's he, he He's just a musical genius, mate. And, you know, when you meet people who are just so uber it talented you know on that level the the way that they communicate is honest and humbling you know and he and those rehearsals was just epic hearing his thoughts on the most original ideas that he had and having those moments where we're bringing the show back to exactly what he wanted we're very lucky i mean i was lucky because i also was my resident, my director was Hal Prince. Oh, you know, wow. for three years. And okay. Again, I mean, how lucky, you know. Sadly, Hal's not with us anymore. And I mean, those who don't know, Hal Prince is a legend, oh, like legend. West Side Story, yeah. original, you know, a legend. We we were we were taught from from the horse's mouth exactly mm. what the show needed to be, you know. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, it's just a, a wonderful journey. And he is Andrew is just a loveliest most supportive man and especially of Australian talent. Yeah, I loved that he snuck his way out here to open this production. I was uh, as soon as I like saw I saw um uh, one of the performers like put an Instagram story out they're like, "Oh my god, Andrew's here." And I was like, "What?" 
That's incredible. He just snuck his way out of here. Yeah. Cheeky. Yeah, incredible. And you know what I love too? Um, Guy Simpson was telling me the other day that they were walking in um, the botanical gardens and a group of 14-year-olds were like, oh, my God, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that. So I love good, that he it? is like it, – it's so good that he's appealing to these – to the younger generation now too, which is um, it's epic. Yeah. So what with Phantom, like you said, it's been running over thirty six years now. What do you think is its its quality that just everyone keeps coming back to it, and they keep finding new ways to perform it? Like you have the outdoor production, you have the reimagined one in the West End. We have our first performer of color as Christine, which is amazing. Like for obviously times changing. Why do people keep coming back to this? It's a timeless story. You know, it's not complex. Um, you know, it's a melodrama. It's it's easy. It's it's something we all can relate to somehow. You know, and uh, and I think you know generally that if you go and watch Phantom, you can you can walk away from that feeling so many different moments of your own life represented in that story. You know, who should choose who? Yeah. You know, I think is the, the biggest one. You know, walking away going, am I team Phantom or am I team Rao? Yeah. It's just a beautiful love story. Actually, when I when I saw the media event, because you guys had to finish early, we didn't get to see the ending. It actually finished on when uh, when Christine kisses the Phantom. And I saw, I heard these people behind me oh. just like, so what happens next? Does she end up with the Phantom? Does she end up oh, with Rao? Oh, no. And I was just like, no, 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 you need to know. <laughs> oh mate, I mean that's the wrong point to finish for most people because they think it's the thing. Yeah. Look, I walk I still think to myself it should be sometimes. The most pivotal moment for me, I think, is when Christine sings that line Pitiful creature of darkness, what kind of life have you known? God give me courage to show you you are not alone. And then kisses him. Yeah. I think it it just kills me every time because you know, I think we've all been in love with people, you know, and then not returned it, you know, and then we, you know, judge ourselves on what we look like and maybe we're not right and, you know, self-esteem and everything like that. And that moment for me represents, you know, something beautiful where she's like, you aren't alone in this world and kisses him to show that there is love. Like, it's just so beautiful. I think that timelessness of that story is why this has lasted so long. And I mean, obviously, because of the music, Yes. you know, yes. But you, you looked at that broad, the, the original um, West End production, the brilliant original. I mean, you think in 1986, that would have blown mm. the pants off people, yep. you know, seeing that. And especially for people that are like musical theatre and they go and see Andrew Lloyd Webber's production, they, especially if they're not opera people, it's this beautiful bridge between the two. So you get a musical theatre yep. story with opera for soundtrack. Really? Look, I think, sadly, the word opera discourages the majority of musical theatre people to watch yeah. the show. And, you know, I, like, I still obviously live in London and I speak to so many of my friends, you know, who some of them aren't even in the, in the industry. And they know it's there, but they've never gone. Mm. And I go, why? Oh, we love theatre. Oh, I'm just not that into opera. Oh, and, well, it's not opera. It's, a shame, isn't it's musical it? theatre. And I, I really do encourage people who might think, oh, well, opera is this thing in a funny, you know, funny language that I'm not going to understand. Go and see this English story because it is a musical theatre piece in general about opera. Exactly. Even to this day, like when I saw it, I get chills when the Phantom of the Opera song plays. Always just chills everywhere. 
It's just the overture gets me every time. And especially oh, yeah. with this one, because the chandelier is on a crane that comes out over the oh, harbour. And then you have them on the boat, which comes around the stage, the front lights on fire. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed right now. It's so, it's so overwhelming, isn't it? I mean, this production, you know, and, you know, I'm sure we won't be the last, but moments when this show is re-envisioned, re-imagined, you know, by the likes of Simon Phillips. I mean, for God's sake, we have not expected anything less that this was going to be incredible. And Gabby Tyler Sover and Simone Soul, I mean, her choreography is just, I think, amazing. I think these kind of moments are going to make this show live forever, you know? We've got that show in London that everyone loves and adores. We know it's there. We've got this brilliant show that Stephen Barlow, an Australian director of opera, has created and it performed in Oslo and in Greece. It is insane. Insane. And now we've got this amazing Australian production that we can claim as our own that's going to help the show live forevermore. Like, we're so lucky and it's amazing. might be a bit of a weird question but with your intense like background rich and experience do you often get the performers in the show coming to you for advice look yeah we do have like young especially young performers they come a lot for advice you know and you know the question i get asked the most is like how how do you break into this industry like and especially the question how do you survive you know how you know you're going to survive as a as an it's a big one and I will never forget Chloe Dallimore coming to my university and doing a um, Thoroughly Modern Millie production as a director. And she, I asked her that same question. And she told me, Paul, if you commit yourself 1,000% to the art form, and I mean commit means you find work, you make work, you never stop making work, you contact people, it will always work out. And you know what? She has been 1,000% right. If you are... understanding your brand, believing your own talent, making sure your product is quality, always studying, making it better. You're never going to fail. You know, there's always going to be some kind of work. Obviously, let's cancel that pandemic time. You will succeed, you know, and that's the kind of advice, the general advice I usually give out because a lot of the young performers do ask the very similar question. Is that kind of where the idea of you releasing your own like debut album sort of came from? Just you kind of continually making things? Well, look, yes, as well as, you know, I, that was a time when I had finished, obviously, my 1,600 shows in Phantom. I, You cannot do an album while you're in an eight-show week. It just won't work. You know, you are too vocally exhausted. I had the first time in my life where, you know, and prior to that, I was doing Love Never Dies in Germany. So I had been working consistently for five and a half years without a, a break. And I had this time to do a break. So, and in that break, I said, time is now, you know, to make an album. And, you know, it was tricky, mate. I mean, we had orchestras in two different countries, socially distanced. Like, I mean, you can just imagine what it was like, but I had the time and I had time to make something that truly meant something to me, something that I look at now and go, that is me. That is that is all of me. That is a representation of who I am, my mum's wedding song, my mum's favourite song, my the song that in, one of the songs that inspired me by Pavarotti to start singing Mario Lanza, who I used to listen to on my Nana's record player, everything that means something yeah. is there. So I'm really proud of that, but you're right. 
I did not sit on my bum and just wait for this COVID to, to pass. I was busy and, you know, I'm so glad I did that because, you know, now it's been released all over Australia with Ambition Entertainment and in Sony and JB Hi-Fi and it's something I would never have assumed would happen, but it's just exploded. That's incredible. Well, congratulations Thanks, on that. Mate. Well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll have to let you go because you've got, you got a performance to go to tonight. I do. I have to go right now to, re- <laughs> to stage rehearsals. As I look outside, <laughs> it looks pretty nice out there. So oh, look, night. fingers crossed, mate. <laughs> the Hand of Opera's Phantom the Opera plays until the 24th of April, 2022. And then we'll also see you come back from the 19th of August to the 16th of October at the Phantom the Opera at the Sydney Opera House. So congratulations. Continue that around Australia. Tickets can be bought at opera.org.au. And if you want to find out more about Paul, you can go to his website, paultaboni.com, and you can find all your albums on yep, there. Yep, that's right. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. Congratulations again, and all the best with this weather. I hope you don't have another moment of uh, hiding away in torrential rain. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. Thanks very much. Another big thank you to Paul DeBoney for joining us and a massive thank you to Christy Seddon from Opera Australia for helping to arrange today's episode. You can catch Paul in Handa Opera's outdoor production of Phantom of the Opera until the 24th of April, 2022. You can also book tickets now for the indoor production at the Sydney Opera House from the 19th of August to the 16th of October or for the Arts Centre Melbourne from 30th of October 2022 to the 29th of January 2023. All information and tickets can be found via opera.org.au or through this episode's description. That's it for another episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. If you're looking to see more theatre in 2022 and consider yourself to be a writer, why not join our growing team of reviewers? We are currently on the lookout for new writers in Sydney and Melbourne to join our team. You'll gain great experience in writing reviews and expressing your opinions, plus you get to see theatre shows on us. If this sounds like you, email us at theatrethoughtsteam at outlook.com or by contacting us on our website, theatrethoughtsoz.online. And we'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.